0: Like raindrops falling on your head. It's short and sweet parenting tips. Hello and welcome back to short and sweet parenting tips part two of a warning label for your kid's cell phone. Today we'll cover recommendations for setting time limits and ways to monitor your kid's phone highlighting some parental control apps. Plus a few little miscellaneous tips at the end so stay tuned. A couple quick items before we jump in. If you happen to have missed part one, the info in that episode is key to the approaches we're discussing today, so 10 out of 10, I suggest you listen to that one first, or if you only listen to one, please just go ahead and listen to part one. Also, a little plug for the upcoming part three of this series, we'll expose the systematic approach that social media incorporates into cell phones to get people hooked. This will include information that everyone needs to know about the effects and addictiveness of social media. Now, that episode may impact you as well as your kids. As I mentioned in part one, since we're sharing some parenting secret weapons here, you may want to be out of your kids' earshot while you're listening to this series. Okay, let's dig in and talk time constraints. How much screen time is a healthy amount for our kids? Several sources say it depends somewhat on the family, but then they all go on to quote specific recommendations from experts, which encompasses all screen time, including computers and TV. For six years and up, experts agree on no more than two hours per day. So that covers anyone from elementary age through graduating high school. Two hours. Don't want you to miss that. So this is where I stopped because I wanted to find out about children who are still in virtual school. Does online learning count toward their two hours? In general, researchers say that not all screen time is the same, so parents shouldn't worry. Online interactive classes and schoolwork differ greatly from video games and social media. Doctors do say that eye strain and headaches may be the greatest concern. Remind your kid to blink throughout their class time and make sure they take breaks. Blue light filtering glasses can help with eye strain and Amazon sells them starting at $10 for a kid's pair. If your child has persistent headaches, though, it may mean there's a vision issue, so consider getting your kiddo's eyes checked. I hope that added information was helpful to you because if you're like me, you want to explore that COVID factor. (laughs) So let's talk two to five-year-olds. They should have no more than one hour of screen time with the caveat that it should be high quality, meaning learning, enrichment, and interactive programs. For infants under two, those same experts universally recommend zero screen time. I remember when my oldest was a baby, we had the TV on in the background just while she was playing on the floor. It's not just that it has no benefits, it's actually detrimental to your baby. Scientists explain that kids are always learning, and having a TV on even in the background disrupts mental tasks and negatively affects their language skills. Babies can't multitask. Now, long-term studies show that an increase in TV time as infants correlates with developmental delays. Between you and me, my oldest, who sat on the floor with the TV in the background, she had delays and was a slow reader. Could it be related? who knows. I will post this research on my short and sweet tips Facebook page because it has up-to-date numbers that any parent with infants should take into account. Please note that there is one exception for toddlers. Video chatting is approved for 18 to 24 month olds. Those guidelines may seem shockingly limiting to some, but the advice from experts that really resonated with me was to pay attention to how your kid behaves after having a certain amount of screen time, or even after watching specific programs or using a particular app. When my kids have had too much screen time, they are noticeably more sassy, rude, impatient, and disrespectful. At first, I often don't connect their uncharacteristic behavior with the amounts of screen time they've just had. But when I stop and think back, nine times out of ten, I can track their negative behavior to my being too lax about monitoring their screen time. Parents also may need to be reminded that both cell phone use and TV is passive screen time, which will affect your kids' creativity and their ability to entertain themselves. Look for a future episode solely on TV watching for kids. If you decide to start enforcing time limits, you may also want to incorporate a way to help your kids expand their options for activities. This can include things like playing outside, doing something creative, or helping around the house. Putting some structure in place ahead of time will help facilitate the transition to less screen time. You may also want to have a listen to my pre-launch episode number one called Structuring Your Day with Kids During COVID-19. This has more tips on how to encourage your kids to do a wider variety of activities. Like any other parenting technique, be sure you are practicing responsible screen time and cell phone use yourself parents are often just as guilty as their kiddos of losing track of how much time they're spending on their devices. Daycares have been hanging signs on their doors saying, put down your phone and pay attention to your kid. In a TED talk about cell phone addiction by 8th grader Tanner Wilton, he said that his ice hockey rink had signs that said, your kid's playing, pay attention. I truly believe we're not conscious of how much time we're spending on our phones. In fact, I'm certain we'd be surprised at how many times we do pick up our phones. I challenge you, though, to be more aware of how much time you're on your device. If you can't put down your phone to pay attention to your kids, then how can you expect them to put their phone down to listen when you want to talk? The importance of modeling desirable behavior for your children is covered in Episode 3 on Positive Discipline. So let's talk about parental control apps. There are many choices, but the apps that I have experience with are Bark, Screen Time, and M.M. Guardian. I highly recommend these three, but if you check them out on the App Store, don't be put off by their negative reviews. If you read the comments, you'll see that those low ratings are actually written by kids who were not fans of being monitored by their parents. Up front, I want to make it clear that none of these parental control apps are substitutes for parenting your kids, taking their phones away to limit screen time, especially at night, or being aware of what content they're watching or who they're with for that matter. It's a good start to limit your own child's phone use but that can be undone if they're hanging out with another kid who has free access to everything on their phone. We won't dig into the nitty-gritty of these apps during this episode but there will be a sister episode where we will compare the features of these three apps. This will give you direction when choosing which app is the right fit for you and your kid. I'll also list that info on the Short and Sweet Tips Facebook page, including links. Big picture, though, the Bark app only monitors and reports what your kids are viewing. There is no control component with Bark. Screen Time and MM MMGuardian have actual controls... In addition to the ability to automatically or remotely turn off your kids' apps, a GPS to locate your kids' phone, and presumably them, (laughs) and differing schedules for certain days of the week so you can tailor the app settings to your kids' schedule. Managing your kids' cell phone use is time-consuming. Certainly, I love to have a quiet afternoon to myself to get things done while my kids are more than content on their individual devices. I get it. I also understand how overwhelming it is to monitor and control how long your kids are actually on their phone and what information they have access to, even with parental control apps. As I'm talking this through, a theme is emerging that I really wish I had covered in Part 1. As parents, we're taking on all this effort to monitor our kids' cell phone use when really, let's admit it, these devices are totally optional for our kids. A luxury, even the only thing our children really need is a way to communicate with us, really, nothing more. For me, my kid's cell phone is a headache that brings not a single bit of value to my life. In fact, I tell my daughter as much. When we're discussing scenarios where she'll lose her phone as a consequence, I tell her that her having the phone is of no benefit to me, that I have zero motivation for her to keep her phone. I'm kinda like, Go ahead make my day (laughs) that actually brings me to the one advantage of our children having a cell phone it can be a great motivator access to their device can encourage kids to get things done or be withheld as a consequence for breaking the rules if this is what motivates your kid do it (laughs) i cover cell phone use as a motivator in my three-part series on motivation and accountability Those episodes are in the COVID pre-launch specials and I think part two is where I discuss leveraging screen time. Plus, it includes some other creative options to encourage follow-through with your kiddos. If your child loses their phone privileges, they might be surprised at how many things hinge on them having their device. This realization may make them more willing to comply with your expectations so they don't lose their phones again. I know a lot of these suggestions are easier said than done. Just giving you some ideas on how to approach this so you can give some things a try. Another miscellaneous item that I have to point out is that TV, cell phones, and tablet screens all emit blue light, which mimics the sun, and will disrupt your sleep. Even Kindle paper whites emit enough blue-white to disrupt circadian rhythms. Doctors, scientists, and sleep hygiene experts all suggest stopping use of all electronics at least two hours before actual go to sleep bedtime. This goes for everyone, adults included. So if you're not sleeping well, this may be something to think back on yourself. Well, I think that rounds out my recommendations on time limits and parental controls for this week. This episode was information packed, but I hope you found it insightful and instructional. Look for that second related episode where I dive into the specifics about the parental control apps. Please, though, don't miss the next episode on social media and cell phones. Companies, advertisers, and social media execs systematically create addicting functions in the apps we use. So come back next week so you can be educated about the real story behind social media. Thanks for tuning in to this short and sweet parenting tip, Fresh Ideas in Bite-Sized Portions.